back, everybody, to the Real Madrid podcast. Now, coming up today, part two of the season review so far with Phil Shane from BN Sports USA. Today, we're going to be looking back at the performance of the midfield and assess Eden Hazard's first season at Real Madrid. But first, a look at what's been making the news over the past few days. Rodrigo has picked up an award for the best young player at the Next Generation Awards for 2020. He finished ahead of Ansu Fati of Barcelona and Renier and Kubo, also, of course, of Real Madrid. Rodrigo was also speaking in interview about his move to Real Madrid. He said, before coming, he said, I went to Pele's house and got his blessing and approval before I left. He said, my dream has always been to play here in the white shirt of Real Madrid. On Zidane, he said, I've got a very good relationship with him. He helps me, he advises me, he said, he tells me how to improve and, of course, what I do well. Talking further on to his call-up of the Brazilian national team, he said, this is the dream of every Brazilian child, to wear the shirt of Brazil. And I debuted, he said, against Argentina. I hope to continue doing well here and to be called up for a long time to come. 17-year-old French prodigy Eduardo Camavinga continues to occupy plenty of media space with the general view that his preference is, if a move to Spain does materialise, then it would be with Real Madrid. But it won't be a simple case, though, of offer and acceptance, as there is significant interest not only from PSG, but also growing from Borussia Dortmund as well. And the lure of playing every week, potentially alongside a highly talented squad in one of the best venues in Europe, might just turn his head. Still, though, a way to go yet, with a fee to be agreed with his club as well, being a significant obstacle, which anybody who shows an interest is going to have to overcome. Now, another day, another fan poll. This time, though, slightly different. This was, who do you want to keep on for next season and who should go? So what about the outs then? 94% of those said uh, Mayoral should go. 93% Gareth Bale. 90% Lucas Vasquez. 89% James Rodriguez. 81% Oscar Rodriguez. 77% Vallejo. 75% Lucas Vasquez. 73% Orizero. Of course, he's going to Bayern Munich on loan. 72% Marcelo, which is quite high. Ceballos, 67%. Jovic, 63%. Mariano, 59%. Modric, 55%. Kubo. 53%, which is somewhat surprising considering some of the reviews and reports that he's getting. Abraham Diaz, 52%. Nacho, 51%. The highest vote in the stay category was, surprisingly, Asensio. 93% want him to stay alongside, bizarrely, Odegaard at 93%. Hakimi at 92%. And Vinicius also 92%. A very busy summer ahead then for Zidane, with 37 players currently under contract to Real Madrid. 26 of those are out to the club. 11 of them are out on loan. And those coming into their final year under contract are Hakimi, Ramos, Modric, Isco, James Rodriguez, Lucas Vasquez and Mayor Allen. Just staying with Lucas Vasquez, he was interviewed over in the US. He talked about his future. He said, I would love to retire at Madrid which you'd have to say looks very unlikely. And he followed that up with, I would love to play in MLS one day. It would be amazing. 
Uh, Gareth Bale is in situ, as we know, until 2022. But he is interesting. Carlo Ancelotti over at Everton. The two had a really good working relationship for the first two years when he was at Real Madrid, Ancelotti. Uh, As for anybody considering Bale, of course, though, there is the big question how to deal with his rather eye-watering salary and any transfer fee. Lots of media and journalists reporting that Real Madrid are on alert after Harry Kane's comments are being reported globally, really. He was quoted as saying, if I don't feel we, that's Tottenham, are going in the right direction, then I am not somebody who stays just for the sake of it. I am, he said, an ambitious player. And as ever, though, with a deal like this, there's a batch of players being put in as part exchange make-weights. Uh, and are always mentioned, of course, Gareth Bale is one of those. James Rodriguez, even Marcelo's name did appear, but all three very much on a downward curve in their career. And it's unlikely that Daniel Levy would see any value in taking any of those players to Tottenham. Uh, it seems that Borussia Dortmund have given up any real hope of keeping Jadon Sancho past the end of this season. Hans Vachka was quoted as saying, even before this pandemic, We said we wanted him to stay, but in the end, you have to give in to the players' preference, of course. Manchester United said to be leading the chase to sign him. Uh, Chelsea also interested, Juventus interested, Barcelona interested, and indeed Real Madrid. Now, Napoli, Milan, Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal, to name a few, all of whom have had interest in Luka Jovic. I've later been told the fee is, if you want him, 50 million, which would immediately, it seems, rule out the Italian clubs. But he said Dortmund could also be a possible home if Jadon Sancho does indeed move on. Now, Hakimi's future is being discussed after the recent comments attributed to him were made public. He was alleged to have said... I want to play. If Madrid give me the opportunity, then great. If not, I will not be sitting on the bench. I will play somewhere else. Now, whilst it's all well and good to have an opinion and value yourself, making open comments in media circles never really a good idea. Zidane, it said, was said to be seething at being what he felt held to ransom. Now, the question being asked is... Whether with just one season on his contract to go, do they cash in and sell him? Chelsea are said to be interested, and Madrid, of course, remember, retain a significant interest in N'Golo Kante. And finally, in this roundup, footballers with downtime and access to live streaming. Dangerous partners, really. And uh, out of a Friday night live with Karim Benzema came what might have initially looked like a sly dig or a bit of a feud going on but was more amusing, really, than anything else after Benzema made the quip about Giroud when he said, uh, comparisons with Giroud don't confuse Formula One with karting. And if he thought that Giroud wouldn't see it, he was wrong because the reply was rather swift and equally amusing because Giroud came back with the reply, a kart, well, at least I'm a world championship kart winner, which also raised a few smiles. So that just about concludes the news roundup for today. Time now for part two of the season review so far with Phil Shane from Being Sports USA. Now, at the start of this season, few people would have expected to see such a remarkable turnaround in the fortunes of ISCO. 
from being very much on the outskirts of the first team. He's now basically in contention every week for a place in the starting 11 and is viewed as well as having a significant future ahead of him, possibly with Real Madrid. And it's it's very interesting the way things played out. Remember, this was a guy, I, if I, I don't know if we heard anything officially, uh, if letting the beard go go hostage situation uh, was a statement by Isco, but I know that there have been situations where he made it quite obvious uh, that he was not happy with the way things were going, uh, that he deserved a chance. And I, I think that Zidane has agreed. The interesting thing also, though, is it's not, how should we say, a foolish love affair, that Zidane understands the limitations that Isco might have, understands how he can best be used in a strong position. And it's been Luka Modric and Toni Kroos that have been uh, the ones to to suffer for playing time. Maybe the injury to Asensio, which has kept him out of the picture, also opened the door a bit. The realization by uh, Zidane that he needed to play Isco higher up uh, maybe occasionally dropping him back into the the Modric role, but with the arrival of uh, Fede Valverde, he hasn't needed to do that. Uh, with the fall in form by Gareth Bale, uh, that's also opened up a little bit more into the attack. And with the departure of Cristiano Ronaldo as well, uh, who was a key element, obviously, in Zidane version 1.0, uh, that that allows a little bit more freedom in that front three. And uh, throw in, again, Kareem Benzema, who is a player that loves to move out to the flanks, especially over to the left. Maybe something developed to allow Cristiano to slide into the center, but it's also uh, maybe not right up the middle, but at least at that inside left, uh, a position that Isco seems to like. So... As great a talent pool as this Real Madrid roster is, there are not that many that have the same skills and abilities that Isco does. Modric might be the only one. So with Luka getting towards the end of the line as well, although looking at him lately, it looks like he could still play three or four more years if he wanted to stick around, um, Isco fills that gap. Especially, again, uh, it's funny how life turns, but with Aiden Hazard unavailable for practically the entire season, Isco is playing that role. So uh, it's been a turn of good fortune, finally, from the ex-Malaga and Valencia man, and he's making the most of it. Tony Cruz is another who has, over the past year, begun to divide a few opinions. But as we have seen, statistically, the team are a better team, more profitable when he plays. And his contribution is so consistent that it can't possibly be overlooked. A 93.6% pass completion rate in 23 games this season is simply outstanding. And again, maybe a little bit more limited than he would like, but uh, with the emergence of players like Valverde, uh, with Isco as well taking a few of those moments, um, Kroos has been more situational, although again, as the season progresses, once we started to get down, uh, to the money, or I guess, uh, from a Real Madrid perspective, trophy end of the season, that Zinedine Zidane knew what Tony Kroos brings. Um, 
and in some ways also when it became more and more obvious that Vinicius uh, was needed to shake things up for this Real Madrid roster, uh, I think it became quite evident on that one highlight goal but uh, that Zidane realizes the intelligence, the footballing intelligence that Tony Kroos brings to the table uh, is something that is needed to help uh, Vinicius play his best. So I agree with you 100%. This is a guy I remember back when he was on loan at Bayer Leverkusen and he was uh, playing a more attacking midfield role uh, before he kind of slotted back with Bayern Munich and where he started out uh, with Real Madrid. But this is a guy who can play pretty much anywhere in the midfield, especially on the left side, uh, inside left side. And uh, his intelligence and his skill set makes him such a versatile player. Maybe not quite as dangerous as he used to be on those long shots to to pry open a back line. Uh, maybe not quite as fit to make those runs into the box that he did early on in his career, but he is still a vital part. And as you mentioned, uh, a Zidane favorite. Uh, I think at times Zidane has tried to use Fede Valverde to to fill that role, uh, and that's probably the closest skill set that the young Uruguayan has of anyone that's kind of penned into that starting eleven. But there's enough differences uh, where, in some ways, arguably, the best Real Madrid lineup has both of them out there. So, in some ways, Kroos has evolved into Zidane's manager on the field, and he was a big part with Real Madrid stepping up to the top of the table. Let's talk now about the player who has been the undoubted star of the team this season, Fede Valverde. Now, he was a player who was struggling to make Zidane even notice him, never mind put his trust in him. But when his chance came this season, early this season, he grabbed it and he simply never let it go to the point where now his name is among the first to be put on the team sheet. Two goals, four assists this season plus just one yellow card in La Liga games also tells you something about the player. Correct, and especially considering the fact he's had to play, I don't want to say out of position, but he's been forced wide left again because of the situation with Bale uh, not quite being where Zidane would like him to be. So that's given him extra minutes at a position he's not quite the most comfortable at, but he's still provided some danger for them. Uh, but he, he's taken his minutes mainly at Luka Modric's expense. He doesn't have, how would you say, the dagger ability that Modric has, but he has shown, uh, especially from long range, uh, the ability to split lines with passes, uh, to find a Benzema, to find a Vinicius in a scoring situation, but especially on the dribble. This is a team that maybe was getting a little long in the tooth. And while the guile is there, the experience is there, uh, the willingness to just basically put the ball at their feet and drive at the defense has not been. And that's something that Valverde brings in spades. And again, with uh, 
especially since he's been mainly on the right side uh, with a Carvajal with him. That gives a lot of push and a little bit more service than they might be getting without him. So I agree with you 100%. This is a man who many Real Madrid fans, maybe even Zidane himself, maybe even uh, Florentino Perez himself were thinking was a stopgap. This is a chance maybe to to like buy buy low, sell high uh, while they waited for Paul Pogba to, to become available. But arguably has developed into the player Real Madrid didn't realize they needed even more than Paul Pogba. So I agree with you 100%. He has been a star, and he's nowhere near uh, going into Supernova yet. I don't know if he's going to be... He might be forced kind of into that Isco situation where there's just so much talent where he'll become situational. Uh, But the way the cards have been played this year, uh, you could argue that next to Casemiro, he's the only one that could be considered uh, a must-play in the big games. Sometimes off the bench, most of the time in the starting lineup, that dynamic play that he brings is something that no one else in that roster does. Now, Vinicius, there's no doubt that he's being rushed. The 19-year-old has been expected to just walk into the first team and stun the world. It was always a little over-optimistic. How do you think, though, he's coped with the opportunities that he's had? I mean, one minute we see him being praised from the rooftops, the next minute he's castigated for a few shots that have gone wide. Now, are people just expecting too much for a 19-year-old who is in basically his first years in Europe? Well, it's hard, especially considering the fact um, that when Rodrigo stepped in uh, as an even younger player, he seemed to be more polished. I think everyone has seen the raw tools and ability that Vinicius has, but he seemed to be a bit of a slow learner last year. This year, I think he's taken it to another level. And I think the real key with Vinicius as opposed to Rodrigo is the fact that you can see a much higher plateau Uh, The ceiling is a lot higher for Vinicius, I would say. I think that Rodrigo's a lot closer to where his peak is going to be, and it's a very dangerous player. I don't remember if this is still true, but if it's not, he's very, very close. That only Kareem Benzema has been involved in more goals than Rodrigo to this point of the season uh, because of what he's done in other leagues and other cups. But I think with Vinicius, as the season progressed, and especially just before the break, uh, you realized what he can bring to the table. Um, And he has been more versatile. He's been maybe a little less selfish, which has opened the door even more for him. Um, I think he's a very dynamic player who probably is the, the only player on that team that has the ability, I don't say to create for himself because that fantastic play we saw earlier came because of the Tony Kroos direction and pass. But let's just say when the ball is on his feet, maybe even more than Kareem Benzema, the only one that can create a goal-scoring chance by himself. So as you point out, maybe a lot has been thrown at him, but I don't sense even last year that he's ever been overwhelmed. He's 
taken his time maybe in learning, but you can sense something similar I'd see I've seen from Lauto Martinez at Inter. It seems like every game Martinez learns something to the point where the next game out he comes better. And I think you can see that in Vinicius as well. He might not be perfect, he might not hit all of his high notes, but you know that something registered and that in the next game it'll be it'll be utilized. So I still think there's a long way to go and where he is right now isn't bad at all. Do you expect uh, Eden Hazard, who has had a difficult season with with injury and and to a degree form, do you expect him to come good next season? That's a very difficult one, Tim. Uh, if you would if you would have asked me prior to his recent comeback, which again unfortunately ended in injury. I would have said no, because this is a guy who I don't think has ever dealt with the pressure that is thrown upon the star of Real Madrid. Uh, I just think back to his times at Chelsea where he was struggling and the fans still showed their support. Um, They almost willed him to lift his game, and he did. Uh, he also had a bit of a tendency early on in his career to have off-season, on-season. Uh, that won't cut it at the White House. Uh, however, the fact that he utilized his last injury break to get into amazing shape and to be quite comfortable on the ball, to scrape the rust off relatively quickly between him and his teammates, um, showed that the potential is there for him to have matured as a player. He's still not that old. He's still got some some room to grow. But now you have something else that's been thrown into the equation, and that's the doubt of the ability to stay healthy. So it might not be the slam, bam, uh, brusque play that he was used to in the Premier League, but there's a lot that's demanded uh, on players like Hazard in La Liga. And maybe it's just a bad stretch, a little bit of of bad luck, but he's got to stay healthy. And I still haven't seen when the hankies come out and the whistles start pouring down from the stands, how he will respond. It happens to everyone. And certain players like Cristiano Ronaldo reveled in it. Others like Raul shrugged it off. Um, others like Bale seem to have been crippled by it. And I'm not quite sure where Hazard falls on that spectrum because to this point, for a guy who has only contributed uh, to the actual scoring in one game against Granada, uh, the honeymoon has been phenomenal. It's very unlike what we're normally used to seeing from Real Madrid fans. Sooner or later, uh, that honeymoon is going to wear out and they're going to be asking for their gifts back if he doesn't bring something to the table. And that rounds it up then for today. That was Bill Shane of Be In Sports USA talking with me about the season so far. And in part three at the end of the week, we'll look at the forwards and potential transfer targets this summer. But that is it though for today. Don't forget you can catch up with all of the season's news via the website at www.realmadridpodcast.com and via iTunes, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa and indeed Anchor FM. For the moment, though, stay well from me, Tim Cable. Bye-bye for now.